0: Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie making process. Hosted by
1: Nerds. Now let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by Hindle Women's Center. Don't call the midwife, let women have their fairy tale ending at Hindle Women's Center. Welcome, everyone, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And we're filmmakers, actors. I've been a full-time writer director for I don't know, decade, give or take, a couple of years. Um, Todd's been a full-time producer for like fifty years um, since before he was born. He was producing films <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> um, and yeah, we take all that kind of knowledge and see what we can learn about filmmaking as we review and analyze movies uh, from. Near and far, like we, we certainly do a lot of American films. I think if you were to go through our catalog, we've done more than one or two science fiction films. Um, but we try to go astray. I think in our heart, we're just science fiction guys. And uh, we could probably make the next 20 episodes sci-fi films and uh, not you know be too upset about that. But we do try to mix in other films. We've done a lot of Korean films, some Hong Kong films, and... Yeah, a, a few, at least one Japanese film. We've done some anime, um, and probably have some more anime to come. Yeah, and so we like to get a look around the world. Todd, don't you think? Do you like yeah. foreign films in general?
0: Uh, yeah, I do. I do. It's it's a it's a a different experience. You know, you have to, uh, the, you know, uh, the subtitle thing. You just have to go into it with the with the knowledge of of I need to participate in this rather than, you know, I can just stand by and let it come to me, which I think is a really good challenge in a world where everything is just kind of like given to you and, and, uh, consumable, you know, I would say that I think it's important to in film specifically, you know, think outside the box and watch things that aren't easy, just easy to digest where you have to participate in them. So, you know, something like Parasite, you know, is you've got to, you've got to participate in that, you know, it's, it's all in Korean. So you have to, you have to read subtitles. You have to pay attention. If you miss a line, it's usually an important line that, you know, you shouldn't have missed it. You needed to pay attention. Uh, And, and so in this, uh, what we're doing today, RRR isn't completely Mm -hmm. like that, but uh, most of it is subtitled. And so you have, and, and, in in many different languages as a, like it was really hard for me to find the right language to subtitle it because uh, there's so many languages in India, um, so many different languages that it's, it was hard to find. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's super important to not just watch films that are made, you know, in your language for your, for you and about your culture you know uh if nothing to expand your your vision of the world right i mean Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of traveling that's the whole point of leaving home is to see is to experience the the vastness and largeness of the world and the people and the cultures in it and i think film is just one aspect of that of course of course that's super important
1: yeah completely agree i mean for me like this is one of the greatest things about storytelling is the way it can expose you to other ideas other cultures Um, you know, for me as a, as a young boy growing up on a farm in nowhere, Texas, you know, and, and milking my own cows every morning for, (laughs) no, that's not true. But, (laughs) But, but it was like, uh, film was my way to, to know more about the world. Um, and I can't imagine what my life would have been like without movies. Um, and just the ability to see, oh, this is what people in my own country are experiencing in different parts, right? Uh, New York or whatever, Chicago, LA. Um, these are all really unique and specific cultures, uh, with stories of their own to tell. Um, and so, yeah, I, and I completely agree. Just the, the level of engagement that it requires to watch a foreign film, um, is important. Um, just because also like everything that you said, and plus I think it also pulls you deeper into the story because mm-hmm. you because you can't look away, and so if you're if you are participating, um, then you're like all the way in because you can't blank, you can't check your phone because you might miss dialogue, you might miss you know, and once the dialogue is up, it's gonna go away really quick, <laughs> and so you kind of gotta keep glued in and just really focus, and I think that pays off. Uh, on average, with a much more enriching, you know, uh, experience for the for the viewer. Yeah, all those things, man. Um, I love that. Yeah. And so with that in mind, what are we doing today?
0: Today, we are covering the uh, Indian blockbuster RRR. So if you haven't seen this film, please pause this episode, go watch it. Uh, because we're going to spoil a lot of stuff. It's streaming on Netflix.
1: Yeah, we'll look at a bunch of things. We'll look at some of the cinematography, uh, the frame rate. We'll also dive a little into story and writing. We'll talk about musical storytelling, heightened tone, and other such stuff and things and stuff.
0: And a quick synopsis of the film, by the way, if I destroy these names, apologies, I'm doing my best with, with what I was given, <laughs> right? Uh, a fictitious story about two legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they started fighting for their country in the 1920s. It's directed by S.S. Rajamouli, screenplay by S.S. Rajamouli, cinematography by K.K. Senthil Kumar. It's featuring N.T. Rama Rao Jr. as Behim, uh, Ram Charan as Rama Raju, uh, Alia Bahat as Sita, Twinkle Sharma as Mali, Ray Stevenson as Scott Buxton, and Olivia Morris as Jennifer.
1: Nailed it. <laughs> I couldn't find a good clip to play, as you pointed out. Um there's about three or four different languages that this movie takes place with, um, and the one clip that I I thought okay this will play well for the purposes of this movie and that it's in English you know for our audience was at the very beginning whenever um, uh, the guy pulls out the gun to, to shoot the mother and and his captain uh, uh, Scott Buxton like stops him like hey. Let me tell you about the bullet. You know, he gives us a uh, breakdown of great bullet. That's a great scene. And yet I couldn't find that clip, you know, anywhere online to to play back. And so, um, yeah, just imagine in your head. That's that's what we heard. (laughs) Um, Nice. So I don't know. Did I guess one, the first time watching it, you know, and I'm curious, did you go back and rewatch it for the for this viewing? Or was it so strong that you were able to kind of live off that first viewing
0: yeah i rewatched it uh but i could have i could have not mm. because it it sticks with you i think uh there's a there are a few things that i can call out well first off it's an in- incredible film i absolutely loved it and it was so interesting because our our buddy scott who's been on the podcast <laughs> right. he's, he's mentioned it a couple of times to us and like oh man you've got to go watch this i can't even describe to you what it is it's just like just go watch it which we always appreciate somebody not trying to (laughs) destroy a film by describing it in their stupid words um including us by the way Uh, but we already did our spoiler alert so this is your fault for listening um (laughs) so i mean first off you know like as as an american when you think bollywood you know you you you're you're thinking just dancing all the time and, and music. And, and so I was very apprehensive going into it because I don't like musicals in general. Um, and, and, but I just thought, you know what, it's getting rave reviews. I saw on the Oscars, they did a dance on the Oscars. Um, and it was really amazing. And I was like, huh, man, I should, okay, I'll go, I'll go check it out. So that was the first time I watched it a couple of days after that. And uh, a couple of things I will say, (laughs) the VFX are just so fun and so amazing. I mean, I think I, I want to say there's like over a thousand VFX shots in the film that just all over the place. And some things that you think could have been, you know, staged or real or whatever. I mean, they're obviously VFX stuff, but like one of the ones in specific that I just like gush over was when they first meet. When the two guys first meet on the bridge with the uh the the train that explodes. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, first off, you know, obviously it's, it's all, you know, like, like fake whatever, but it's just done so well. And, and the physics of it feels right. You know, an explosion knocks one of the train cars off the track and it's dangling that, that feels like it physically could happen. Right. And if it were to explode, what would possibly happen? but everything that ensues is so grandiose and like ridiculous that you just let go and you just experience the way this the story in however they wanted to tell it the the whole when they see each other from the bridge to the the shoreline they nod at each other like let's do this we're going to save this kid and then everything that ensues from the horse and their motorcycle to them wrapping around each other, you don't know what's happening, but they do because mm. they're heroes and they, they speak the hero language and, and, um, the whole swinging over and, and the setup of, oh, he's grabbing this flag. Why is he grabbing this flag? We don't know yet. As he's riding the horse, we don't know yet, but he's grabbing the flag and it just happened. You know, it's the the Indian flag and, and which is just imagine being from that country. Yeah. How amazing does this scene end up right oh he's grabbing the flag and then they jump off the sides of the of the bridge they come together and he wraps the other guy in the flag which protects him from the fire it it's just so over the top and unbelievable yet so you know i was i was like cheering you know when that when that happened like oh my i'm not even indian and i'm just like this is this is a beautiful thing so anyway, so I will say that that the VFX are incredible. I loved all of it. I loved even the the animals, you know, because they're very big on, especially over there on on not on not injuring animals. Mm. Animals are very important. And so they don't use any real animals in this, in this. So it's it's all you know, whatever. So and it's very hard to make a believable tiger. You know, imagine yeah. that. Oh, imagine yeah. you have to make Uh, anything seem real let alone a tiger with hair you know hundreds of thousands of of pieces of hair you know anytime it roars all the muscles that have to happen you know the way that it looks right next to to a um, human being a real human being's face you know at the at the beginning when the tiger goes after him and he's trying to hold the tiger back oh what a scene and his reactions to the tiger clawing him, and and how he has to, has to you know endure that. I just i, I was kind of blown away. I mean, I obviously know that it's not real, it's not a real tiger, but I was blown away by how good it looked. The character establishment, the way they ex- establish uh, both of our main care of our heroes, Bahim and Raju. I mean, imagine the scene at the beginning or towards the beginning. Uh, which one was it? Uh, the um, the bad guy,
1: uh, Rama. Yeah, with the. Uh, are you talking about the, Rama? Rama with Rama. the with the little the uh, fenced in area and yes. the barracks. Yes, yeah.
0: you have a hundred extras, and you have a wide shot, and you can still pick him out like think about the thought that has to go into that the cinema you know yes the cinematography but like the direction thought of let's give everyone hats have -hmm. everyone have muted colors and then let's give him one thing that makes him pop out he doesn't have a hat right like things like that it's really amazing how in a group of 100 people you can pick him out every single moment you know and that whole fight scene is just over the top crazy unbelievable but it establishes Rama as you do not mess with him. He will always win. Always. And Bahim is obviously established as like a really strong, you know, the opposite. You know, he's, he's internally very strong, right? He can. It, it, anyway, they establish characters really well. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, I mentioned the bridge scene. Mm. I mean, some things are totally ridiculous, but they also make me think of uh, everything everywhere all at once, like the shoulder fight scene. At the end, where he's on his shoulders and you know controlling it, it's like totally ridiculous and over the top. But why not? I mean, you've got half the stuff that's happened up, up until this point. You know, it just feels like that felt a little ridiculous, but it was just fun at that time. Um, and then the last thing I'll say before I'll, I'll you know we can get into the details, and I'm really interested to see what to hear what you think was the dance scene. Was probably the best dance scene ever on film. I mean
1: the at the party at the party yeah yeah the
0: dance scene yeah the. yeah <laughs> like, come on it was it just the music was so good and all the movements were so good and they were hard movements and aggressive and and pointed and they were it and it also told a story too of friendship hmm. you know mm-hmm. when because rama is not the kind of of guy to lose We've already established that multiple times. And he lets Bahim win because they're friends. And he's bul- he's building up his friend in the eyes of of the girl that he's in love with. It's just a, such a they use that to tell to tell to further the story. And I love that. I mean, that's the point of what else is the point of doing a dance or a song or something other than to further, you know, the story. And they do that as, as well. I just it, it's so fun Uh, Go into it with the idea With being ready to watch a four hour movie uh, I will say Uh, Because I was you know The first time I watched it I I I had no idea how long it was I was like an hour and a half in I was like how much longer is it Oh my god (laughs) Two hours long Much Longer two and fifteen It's crazy Uh, but if you go Into it knowing it's going to be a journey And you're not You're not going to know what's going to happen next And just be okay with it let go it's it's a wonderful experience. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think?
1: I was probably a little less enthusiastic about it. I, yeah. I'm more mixed. Like all the heightened stuff really does not work for me uh, in this kind of story. And in general, I'm probably not a big fan of overly heightened um, action films. And then combining that this is a a historical film in a sense. Now this story did not happen. These characters are real. And then they, it would be like us taking a, uh, making a movie about Lincoln and FDR (laughs) and, and and having them become a buddy, buddy bromance, you know, story that could be really awesome, but obviously really has, Little grounding in reality. Now, I do suspect there's a ton of symbolism. Like you already pointed out, the flag at the beginning, you know, wrapping around and creating, you know, that's there's tons of symbolism. I'm sure Mali is a is representative maybe of like the heart of India um, and other kind of things like that. I'm sure stuff like that actually happened. Don't get me wrong. Um, but in the context of these two particular revolutionaries and all of this happening, I don't know what that line is between um reality and fiction but i think watching this kind of story unfold in this kind of way was just hair raising for me um because i'm like i don't i don't know what's happening and i think coming in i was really hoping that i would just you know buy in 100 the entire way because of how excited you know scott was and then uh you as well and I've seen some Bollywood films and I know, and this was the first thing Scott pointed out was like, this isn't actually Bollywood. This is Tollywood, which is a different section of India. So I was expecting like this dramatically different thing. I'm sorry for me as a Westerner and like a, you know, more traditional film appreciator. I don't see the difference between Bollywood and Tollywood. It's not as apparent and obvious to me. Um, And I've seen some other, you know, Indian films like Bahubali, Bahubali, um is like a really big legendary um Indian film. And this is very much in that vein to me. I don't see that big of a difference. That's not to say I wasn't pulled in. Like, and this is why I'm saying I'm mixed, because there's so many moments where I start getting pulled in. I thought that opening was perfect. Like it was so good um, to have this misunderstanding, right? And the the girl being kidnapped and the mother standing up. And the second we see that log get smashed on her skull, like my heart stopped. Like I was fully engaged at that point. And it was just this really, I don't know. For me, I guess this has all the trappings of a musical uh, without really being fully a musical. And by the trappings, I just mean like musicals traditionally are very declarative. And their intentions, their feelings, right? They announce everything. They don't leave anything to your imagination. Musicals are all about singing what you feel if you you know instead of um like building up a sequence of I love this girl, the guy just says I love this girl, right? It's 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 not about discovery, it's about, you know, just pure revelation constantly. Um and this is all that is. This whole movie uh like there's very very little hiding underneath the surface in terms of plot and story development. Like in, in case you ever miss any, you know, conceptual element, they're going to make sure it's announced either through a song. Um, right. You have the, the music is constantly explaining everything and, and as well as trying to create the tension itself. I mean, even one of the first lyrics after they meet, right. The, the bridge scene happens and then we have this nice montage song sequence that kind of builds them up in their relationship and what they're doing. and, the song constantly reiterates, right. It's yet to be seen if this will end in bloodshed, like just in case you're not clear on the stakes here. um, We're going to, we're going to ask the question. And so, and that's what I mean. Like this has all the makings of a musical um, and and certainly goes to musical places, but this isn't any by any stretch, like a traditional musical and that every, you know, four or five minutes, there's a, there's a music number because also the, the the typical way a musical unfolds is we're going to tighten the the runtime through laying out plot through music. And so, oh instead of like having this girl get kidnapped, that might be a musical number. And now it's like we got both a music, you know, and dance number as well as layering in like the the plot elements that are going to drive the actual story. Uh, and here they do almost the exact opposite. They'll do the plot thing. And then we'll just have this complete aside. That's a big musical number for its own sake to kind of help develop your feelings and emotions toward these characters, uh, the emotional buy-in of what's going to happen. And so it has, that's why I say it's like, it's all the trappings of a musical without any of the efficiency uh, that musicals bring you. Cause it is a three hour film. And I think that is one of the things I hold against this movie is like, I think there's a way, I don't think you could cut out an hour. They are telling a lot of stories. It's not like, They're being completely wasteful with the runtime. Um, So I don't think you could get this down to two. I honestly don't. But I think you could probably get it somewhere around 220 to 230 through a little tightening of scenes here and there. And it's not like I would cut this scene out. I don't think I have that moment in here where I'm like, this... You can do away with this backstory of Ram and his father. You cannot. You can't. You get. You need that. It's yeah. important. You can't cut out him and Sita. You can't cut out um, any of these real moments. Um, even the introduction, like the closest thing I could get to cutting anything out would be Bahim's uh, opening, his introduction. Um, just because plot-wise, it doesn't really pay off anything. But you need it to understand behem like you just you just need it as a character development piece so there's nothing that i can look at and say aha you wasteful you know uh arrogant you know indians <laughs> i can't i can't do that but i think there's just tightening that you could do along the way that's like okay we can trim off you know uh two minutes off the scene and 30 seconds here and it just eventually culminates into 30 40 minutes uh, of runtime that you know you, you end up doing away with and so yeah. Runtime. I, I definitely, I mean, I was probably 40, 45 minutes in and I started checking the runtime. I was like, Oh man, where are we at? And I was like, oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> like gird yourself. <laughs> 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 but I will say my second time through, cause I watched it this morning much easier. Like I enjoyed it a lot mm. more. I think my second time through, because I got to stop wondering about where this is going. Um, and it can really start to enter in and appreciate these sequences more. Um, because I struggled a little bit every time everything started going to the extreme areas. Um, I was just like, okay, we're doing that. That's fine. The first time I will say watching the 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 introduction of Ram, um, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. This is visually exciting. I was good with it. Like, I think there's just this weird line. That's a personal line. I'm not like trying to hold up. RRR to be my movie. Um, but there is this personal line that they just cross with the heightening tone that I'm like, I can't go there with you. I just can't. Um, and sometimes it's where the silliness kicks in. So like towards the end, they they have that car sequence, right? Where the uh, 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 Behem is trying to free or gosh, maybe it's Rom is... Escorting all of this cargo, right, and he's trying to get the guns, and um, Bahim is trying to rescue Molly, and so all these things are kind of coming to to loggerheads, uh, and you have these like car sequences, the car crash, and you can see them speed ramping, and I felt like I don't know if this was a style choice, or if they couldn't quite find a way to shoot the way they wanted, or if it was just we need to squeeze down runtime somewhere because maybe the way that he really wants us, it's like a three and a half hour film. And he's like, I got to make concessions. Um, and and so we're going to tighten this and we're going to speed up this car wreck. And so there's this kind of silly sequences, same thing with the uh, the tiger sequence um, during the uh, uh, Baheem's trying to free Molly at the party um, at the palace or whatever. And they kind of speed ramp here and there. And I'm like, ah, that, that doesn't play. Um, and so that, and then of course the big, heightened, uh, over the top stuff. I really couldn't go there at the end, like with the, with the shoulder fight. Yeah. With the, the chicken fighting like uh sequence, not that doesn't, that's what we call it in America, right? Where you, you chicken fight and like you're in a pool or at the lake and one buddy gets on top of another guy's shoulders. And it's all about trying to knock someone else down. I, yeah. That did not work for me. I was fully ejected at that point. And I was like, ah, that's, but what's crazy is they'll have these sequences that I am buying into. And I think it's intentional. I'm not saying that it's not uh, where they'll build out these really good, like fighting sequences. And then they jump into this other world, crouching tiger kind of uh, poetic, you know, fighting. And it's interesting, uh, but it's so the mixture just really doesn't pan off for me because like, the at the party sequence um or the i don't know what you want to call that uh the the breakout sequence at, with the tigers and the animals rom and, and this is Bahim's and rom's first big fight right when they kind of reveal themselves who they truly are to each other and they're at the palace and it their whole fight sequence kind of begins with this really good hand-to-hand fighting it's almost uh brazilian jiu-jitsu ground game right where they're constantly flipping each other over getting into arm bars um, choking each other slamming like oh you got my arm bar but I'm going to pick your whole body up and slam you on the ground like it's freaking beautiful and then they immediately break out of that and go into like we're pulling posts out of the ground and like uh swinging mm. it, and and I'm going to throw you across the the courtyard and instead of you know landing somewhere I'm instead Uh, Of landing, I'm going to jump off a lamppost and, you know, getting to a fighting position. And it was just I would like to pick one um, I think. And so those are the kind of like stylings that I'm like, okay, I I get it and this is it it seems very, from my limited experience um, it seems very cultural like this is a cultural flair um, that's embedded into a lot of Indian uh, cinema Uh, because I have seen some, I'm not coming out of complete ignorance, but I'm not super literate either. Like um, I, I, I've i seen less than a dozen, let's say Indian films of this, you know, styling. And every time I'm just like, ah, yeah, it doesn't really work for me. But the frustrating part is when I'm buying in so well to some of these other moments, whether it's, you know, Bahim, uh, you know, getting whipped and he starts singing his heart song. Um, and gets the people riled up and, you know, all this stuff is happening. Yeah. I, 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 I struggled with it. It's I'm, I'm very ambivalent because there's moments that I really enjoy. The bridge scene is fantastical and it does work really, really well. I would just like a little bit more underneath the hood than painted on top of it. Just let me have something under the hood, uh, to, to, to emotionally engage with because, yeah throughout even throughout the first whatever 30 40 minutes we kind of keep cutting to the titles um and it's kind of doing this chapter layout and that opening sequence with the girl with molly being kidnapped was so good and then we kind of cut back to the title of you know that was the story now we're entering the water and now we're entering you know the fire or what have you uh and it was just it was a, it's it's such a strong choice and i respect that on the one hand on the other hand it also for me comes across as insecure in your storytelling that i don't trust my audience to understand what's happening i'm going to constantly announce everything as it's happening um and that's the kind of stuff that it's hard for me to go there whether or not it's cultural it doesn't really matter to me um as a as a film you know fan I'm looking at it as a a storytelling choice that I'm like, okay, I was trying to emotionally engage and now you're not allowing me to, because you don't give me the space to emotionally engage um, through participating in the film. Yeah. That's the, that's the overview. I will, I do want to come back though. Uh, to that the, the party dance sequence because that is so so good that whole sequence is great because it starts with you know the kind of meat cute rom trying to help his buddy behem um who is this brave warrior kind of guy who suddenly can't can't talk to the girl you know that's such a yeah. that's so good because it also starts playing into the bromance element because before the party he talks him into going to the party right and then they do this thing that you almost you hardly ever see men do in movies, which is they play dress up for the party, right? He's like, "No, this is what you need to do." and he's like, you know dressing him and um he's giving him a makeover, right and it's this really fun, kind of cute moment between two very masculine men. That's really damn cool. I wish we'd see more movies kind of take this approach of I don't know just being secure as a man, yeah. Like we're one step away from watching them hold hands. And I think that would have played fine. Like there are cultures that have men walking around in public holding hands and it's not weird. It's just, it's cool. It's my buddy. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then the, the, there is this one kind of hilarious moment that I think American audiences would be like, Oh wow. That's a, that's a decision, which is right before the the big dance off happens, right? There's this dramatic thing happening between Bahim and uh, the, the Englishman who is mocking him and he's doing swing that I like the Englishman starts doing swing. Um, and then we kind of cut to the brother on the drums. Like why they got the brother on the drums. <laughs> 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 and, I and knew he, you'd notice that. <laughs> and, then, and then Rom comes over with the, uh, the, 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 the lid the, I don't remember what it was like the serving plate lid. Um, and the, you know, the, the brother like throws him the, the, the drumsticks and, uh, the guy Rom starts playing on the, the, the surfer lid, um, the tray. And we watch the, uh, the guy, the drummer, like, like go with it. And he's like really excited about it. It's just such a funny, like American audiences are dying over that. I guarantee it <laughs> because it's so hilarious, but I think it's like good natured. I I don't take it as anything like, um, out of, out of pocket, I you know, but it's definitely writing a line for a lot of American audiences, and it's fun. Like that's a whole man when they get going, watching that entire fifty, I don't even know. It felt like a thousand people in the middle of that party, yeah, just going. Uh, that's so well edited. The choreography is masterful um, because. I think it's hard and I'm look, I don't dance. Like you don't want to put me in any of these sequences. Wes will ruin your day, (laughs) but, but, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've had, I've worked with, you know, dancers and choreographed, uh, let them choreographed and try to capture their amazing choreography. Um, And it's such a, a tricky thing as a filmmaker to try to capture a dance sequence with multiple people, because you have to pick the right type of dancing that plays with a bunch of people all at once, the things you can do with one person aren't exactly the same things you can do with 50. Um, and to make all that pop and come alive on camera, you know, you have to, uh, winnow away, you know, certain types of movements, certain types of, uh, things that work in profile versus over the top. And, uh, you know, your, your angle, you have to work all these things in conjunction with your choreographer and your cinematographer um, and your set deck to all come together and they just did it and they crush it. I can, I can see why if that's the dance, they, I didn't watch the the Oscars, but if I were watching it and they played that dance sequence, I would, I can imagine having the exact same reaction where I'm like, yeah, I got to see what that's about because that okay. was unbelievable. Um, And that's, yeah, that dance sequence definitely pulled me all the way in. I was there because it's so beautiful. I I think the first time through I was slightly removed just trying to think about okay, they have, you know, the Englishman, what is this and I think I got too layered into what does this represent kind of stuff instead of like Oh yeah. it's simple. It's don't don't think too deeply about it it's very very simple you know the englishmen are coming onto their territory and they're getting their ass handed to them that's it that's all there is um the symbol you know symbolism is right there on the surface um and that's fine because it's beautiful and it works um and then to your point about like rom taking a dive for his buddy love it just just good because and it's shot well right you you see the that that is one thing they don't explain i will i'll you know you know i want to make sure i call that out because i just punched them again and again over not giving us those kind of moments and this is that moment this is a moment they never explain they literally have him w- look over to see jennifer watching and hoping he looks at Behem. Ah, oh, and then he falls, right? Like they they let that be a, a mental story that we tell ourselves and they never explain that at, at any point in the film. That's never explained. So they do know how to do that is I, also my point. Like it's clear the storytelling is capable. Um, I, I think that's also part of my frustration of not allowing more of those moments uh, to just kind of sit with the audience because how much more powerful was that for us to see Rama take one for the team And never, he he doesn't point it out to his buddy. He doesn't go back and say, are you glad I took a dive? Like, no. He (laughs) leapt, but he, what a shitty thing a friend would do to point out to your friend that I let you beat me. Like, maybe he would have beat you if you would have done it in a fair fight anyway. Um, Now... After the scene, he's literally carrying Bahim home, and so you probably wouldn't have. Uh, but you let your if you're going to let your friend have it, let your friend have it, man. Don't yeah. don't point out to him that I let you win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful moment. I don't know. Uh, by all means, <laughs>
0: no. I mean, I I I totally get everything you're saying. I think I think that's the difference between, and this is why it's fun to to do these kinds of things. I think that's the difference between like how you and I like watch movies sometimes. is like, like, you know, you watch it very much from an analytical perspective. And I guess I do too, but you also watch it for fun. So, Mm. but, but you're weighted more towards how are they doing this and why, you know? And I can, I don't know. I can just turn my brain (laughs) off very easily. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Um, and, and just like, like not always, you know, that's the other weird thing is that not every, not all of this film like hit for me, you know, Mm. like there were, there were several parts that were, were just, I don't know. It felt very long, you know, and tedious. Um, and I was thinking, oh man, it could have cuts. Where could they have cut? I don't know. But if this, if I was making this movie, I would find some places to cut, like this is really long. But yes, it was an easier watch the second time uh, for sure, because I knew I knew what I was getting myself into. I don't know. I was just I just reserved myself to be OK with whatever happened hmm. from the very beginning. It is literally impossible for a human being to fight a 100 other people and and win. That would not happen. Right. Yeah. And so from the very beginning of that, but it was so cool to watch. And so I knew at the beginning, I, I thought okay, this is what I'm in for. Now it did get crazier, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the shoulder fight thing. And I just keep coming back to that because I think that that is the one thing where, where like, I really had to turn it off. You know, I, at that point I thought, you know, uh, man, you know, it's one thing holding a tiger back and it's, and, and like fighting off a hundred people. It's another thing doing flips while some, (laughs) you know, someone's on your back. You know, and you're beating everybody like, you know, it's just not a thing. So
1: it's a fine line, right? To find where to to stop heightening and to let something just kind of live um with a little more reality. Um yeah. and I don't know that I could find that line. Um, but yeah, there are just certain moments where I think if they'd kept everything I think two things would have made me love this film. One of them is getting the runtime down 30, 40 minutes probably speeds the story along a a bit more and then the other thing is probably just finding ways to to reduce some of the wilder moments like it's funny because i could handle the bridge scene right and that's that's way over the top but i couldn't handle like the the shoulder fight like i don't know why that's a west thing that's not you know (laughs) I'm not blaming anyone. I'm saying this is my fault. And I don't know why. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I, I totally get it. I don't think that that's a fault, uh, either. I think also, you know, they were, they were trying to, you know, obviously make these, these guys, they're godlike in mm-hmm. a way, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're different from you or, or I, um, as opposed to just, uh, you know, like in Star Wars, the 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 stormtroopers are just very bad shots. Right. But it's they're not, you know, uh, like um, Han Solo wasn't a god. You know what I mean? He just didn't get hit. Like this is different. This is you could hit me, but that ain't going to stop me. You know, um, and I might be injured or or whatever, but there's no there's no stopping me. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not going to ever lose no matter what. Uh, and so they took that to an extreme, you know, and I think, you know, for some audiences that's okay. And then for others who are looking for more substance, maybe it's not. And I totally am fine either way.
1: That's a really good point because for the most part, they don't allow those kind of abilities for any other character. It's not Mm -hmm. like other henchmen are running around grabbing cars or flinging tigers at their enemy, right? it's, 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 Almost exclusively limited to these two guys, Behemoth uh, and Rob, and that plays right into exactly what you're talking about. These aren't normal people. They're making sure you understand. These are uh, like godlike kind of men, um, with the exception, I think, of Scott Buxton, um, the the kind of evil villain guy. And there's just, and this was another one of those moments that just pulled me right back out where his car gets crushed by the tree and it flings him up into the air and he kind of just freezes midair and grabs his gun and takes aim and shoots. I forget who he shoots or what he shoots. Um, Oh, he shoots Rom's car and that flings Rom out. Um, and that's where they do this little speed ramp spin of the car and Rom gets flung into a tree and like gets stabbed by a root, um, or a branch, a broken branch. And that was, Another one of those like ah y'all are just doing too much and I think those are the kind of moments where I'm like ah yeah that's it's it you could say it's playing into because now you basically have to say that you know Buxton himself is also the kind of this godlike character which I guess if you're gonna have a villain you should put him on the same plane as your heroes right to make it a challenge but the other the the one nice thing about heightening you know having a heightened tone is that it does help sell some of these smaller unrealistic beats um, like when Baheem is locked up and he's thrown into the the car and um, rom's trying to find a way to get him uh, this razor blade and so this guy puts the razor blade in the the truck's you know edges or whatever the gaps in the truck and the truck you know hits a bump. And the razor blade falls into Behem's, you know, uh, hands. And it just becomes like, you know what, in the context of everything else happening. Yeah, I can, I can buy into that. Uh, it's a lot, a lot easier to imagine that, you know, this kind of random, crazy, like aim of someone you can't see capturing this one little tiny thing. Yeah, fine. I, I I'll go with that because, you know, 10 seconds ago I watched him punch out a a tiger. And so, uh, why not? (laughs) Uh, but that is useful, you know, as a storytelling tactic to like, there's so many other things you can get away with because so much else is like really, really big and over the top. Uh, that's totally plays out fine for me. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, like great introductions for sure. Uh, the, the other little touch that I would add on to, uh, the points that you were making, uh, is that Rom, yes, establishes him as an absolute force, um, but even against his own people, uh, and that's the other kind of little touch that they're putting on there is he is a force for the English. And so that, you know, makes his revelation later in the film, you know, that much richer that, Oh, actually that's what he's willing to do for his people. Um, and it just adds a really good punch and in, in context. Um, but at the outset, uh, you're like, Oh man, N- he, no one can stand up to him, not even his own people. Uh, that's a really strong moment because you assume all the worst qualities onto him after watching him do this. Like, why are you doing this to your fellow countrymen? And yet it's for a reason. Yeah. Um, I think, hold on, hold, <laughs> hold. Uh, oh, my only other little tiny note, and this is, you know, it's amusing to me. I appreciate it is that white, all the white people are hilariously evil or hilariously weak and and scared. Um, You know, fair enough. Hey, Hey, why Why not? not? Yeah. Do it. Go all the way. Uh, With the exception of Jennifer, she's like this um, heart of gold can do no wrong. Um, She, and I think that's even believable, you know, to me, even in American history, you could go back and look at, you know, our darkest days of slavery there were white abolitionists who were incre- you know, incredibly savage in their approach to, you know, seeing abolition take take hold. Yeah, go Google some of those sons of bitches. Like you'll, uh, I think it's Todd Brown. Like um, you, you'll find some really, really wild stories of abolition. And so it's not hard for me to believe Jennifer being this lone you know, white person being a a good person, but I just, I, I find it really hilarious um, just how, you know, absolutely. Even the soldier at the beginning leans over to his officer uh, and he's like, that man terrifies me or something. like (laughs) It's so good. Like, yeah, it's just, everyone's kind of shaking in their boots or, you know, absolutely crazy evil, which you know what, probably seeing some of the stuff that, you know, a lot of people did back then par for the course par for the freaking course man uh yeah. colonialism is no joke yeah i don't know did do you have a favorite moment um i mean it was definitely
0: for me the fight scene at the beginning i just thought that that was so amazing uh, just because I you know at that point i don't know who the main yeah. characters are i mean these yeah. guys might be famous in their country but i don't know any faces that I i don't recognize anybody so i have no idea what's happening who's important who's not even this guy you know, like seeing him the first time, seeing what he's doing. I don't know necessarily that he's the main dude. Like, I I, I have no idea what's happening. Um, And just the way that they shot that to, to I always had focus on who exactly I was looking at or, or or I was looking for, it was, it wasn't like a where's Waldo scenario. And I just loved that. I thought it was just beautifully planned out. Um, So yeah, that was that for me. And then I did love the shot. Uh, the other specific shot that, that I loved of towards the end where what's his, what's in it? (laughs) Bahim drives all the animals into the, into the, the, the palace. And then they all jump out together and he jumps out like, come on, Michael Bay couldn't do that any better. You know what I mean? Like, that was like a, just an amazing (laughs) slow-mo shot of him, like flying out, you know, with the animals and the tigers around him and stuff. Um, and I did like that they weren't safe from the animals either.
1: Mm, right. Like he
0: wasn't safe from the animals either. You know, the animals were still going to go after him as well. And he had to fight them off as well or throw the tiger into somebody or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, so that that I, I loved
1: that shot, too. Yeah. That's really good. Um, the other thing I guess I forgot to mention was some of this, the cinematography is gorgeous to your point. Like I, it's great. Like I loved all the lighting, you know, everything looked really beautiful. Uh, they clearly took their time. They weren't, weren't rushing through production and they just, they killed it. It was interesting too, the mix of frame rates throughout the film. Um, they clearly found some sequences and my guess is they, cause a lot of it's choppy. There's a lot of choppiness to a lot of the film and that choppiness can come one of two ways. Either one, you kind of lower the shutter angle so that, you know, each frame is a lot sharper and you reduce your motion blur. The other way is to just have a higher frame rate. Um, and the, the effect is very similar. And the, the, the difference though is in post, You can now, oh, I want to slow this moment down. You have a lot more options in post to to slow things down. And so it was an interesting stylistic choice to not just pick, we're only going to do these moments in slow motion ahead of time. Um, To me, it it came across as we're going to shoot more at a high frame rate just in case we want to slow something down in post and like really emphasize this moment. Um, It just gives us more options to tell our story instead of determining everything you know, ahead of time, like this is, these are the only moments we're going to go slow instead. It's like, Oh, you know what? This sequence, we know this is a big dramatic sequence. We're going to shoot this whole thing at a higher frame rate. That way, if we need to buy time, or if we want to, uh, you know, enhance this moment a little bit, or more simply, if we just want the look to stay consistent, because maybe we want this sequence in slow motion, but maybe we don't. I've seen that in other films, like big blockbuster films where, Oh, we're going to shoot this in at a high frame rate. Ah, you know what? We're actually not going to slow anything down. We're just going to uh, play it back and it's just going to look choppy because it's just going to look choppy. Um, We just didn't want to to slow it down. And so I I suspect certain moments they obviously knew they wanted in slow-mo, but I felt like they could have switched back to a normal frame rate and chose not to for probably style reasons. But I think I wouldn't be surprised, I'll say, if they also did that just, as an in, in case, like, you know what, just in case, you know, let's, let's, we can make our day a lot easier instead of shooting this twice. Cause that's effectively what you would have to do is I don't know if I want this in slow-mo, but I might. Okay. We'll shoot it at that 24 and we'll shoot it at that 48 or 60 or 120. And instead of doing that, let's just, let's just shoot it all like 60 or 120. Um, and then in post, if we want to slow it down, we can. And if not, it's fine. It looks really exciting and it puts an edge on the scene um, so that you almost don't know what to expect. It, it heightens everything. And this whole movie is heightened anyway. Why not? Uh, it's not hurting anything. Um, and it can only give you more options later on down the line. That's a really interesting approach to the film, um, assuming that's you know what they were going for. Um, and obviously, I don't know. Uh, to everyone's surprise, I did not work on RRR. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. This whole time. <laughs> this whole time. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's just an interesting, you know, approach. Um, and I've done the same, like, uh, for a while, uh, for, I don't know, six months, I was doing these uh, little passion profiles where I would give myself 30 minutes to go into a location that I'd never been in. Shoot a subject doing something we haven't planned. Um, and so I, in order to meet these constraints, I would go in and I would just shoot at 60 frames. And so in post, uh, I had all the options of stretching a moment out, um, or not. And sometimes, you know, i would just play it back and it would just be choppier. And that just gave me a lot more opportunities in post, um, and to maximize my time on set. If I was putting this, you know, constraint on myself of, you know, half an hour, then I didn't want to take any risks by, by shortchanging myself in post. And so, yeah, I, I like that as an approach. Um, I wonder, you know, what the, what that process felt like, you know, on the day of, here's what we're doing. Let's, uh, they, ha- I can't imagine how many setups like, Oh man. Right. <laughs> Just, right? How do you shoot
0: this? Yeah. No. I don't, I can't imagine either.
1: <laughs> oh, but beautiful. Like it's a gorgeous film. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, just just mixed. That's my my overall thing is like, you know what? There's some really great moments. Um, and there's some moments that I kind of uh, lean away until they bring me back. And so it's just that constant process for me of uh, leaning forward and being like, okay, we're doing this again. Cool. I'll wait. I'll wait for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: You kind of have to. You kind of have to. Have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there are other foreign films I would rather watch, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, than, than this But this does have this element of, like, heroic, yes, you know, kind of moments that not all foreign films do I get from those. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Can you imagine
1: 12 Years a Slave with this tone? (laughs) Right? No. I mean, that's effectively what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. It's the the worst moment of this country's history, I presume like I I haven't done a full history lesson in India. Uh, I'm, I'm passingly familiar. Like I have looked up India's history before and just out of my own curiosity, reading this and that, and their worst era is much closer to modern times than, you know, a lot of other countries and just having this tone, this playfulness with this topic Uh, Is really fascinating to me, um, just as a as an approach to cinema and and you know your own history, I guess to some degree. And again, this is mostly fictitious, but these are real people. I can't imagine making a movie about MLK and Martin Luther uh, and Malcolm X uh, and having them do like a buddy cop movie. Like it would just be like, (laughs) what is going on? God, (laughs) right? Yeah. And to me, that's kind of what this is. It's like let's take these really important historical figures, um, revolutionaries, and, uh, let's make Che Guevara, you know, sing and dance I'm like, Whoa, okay. Let's, that's a choice. Like, let's, let's, let's experience that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fascinating to me one way or another, I don't really care. Like it's not my history. You can do what you like. And it's yeah, very, very fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so and it was,
0: it was enjoyable. I really, yeah. I really liked it again. I, I don't think I, what, I'm good. You know, yeah. I don't really need to watch it again. Uh, but I think that uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: Worth watching uh, for, me. for
0: sure. Yeah, Worth watching for sure. Yes, 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 yes. And I I do love when co- countries who are, you know, we don't pay attention to a lot as as Americans put out a piece of 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 art that blows up all over the world and get atten- it gets attention, whether that's Korea or, yeah, uh, you know, India or. China or Japan or whatever Germany you know you put out content and the whole like a film and the whole world stops for a second and pays attention to you and I think that that's that's the power of of movies you know specifically Mm -hmm. not necessarily any other art form I mean think about it you know like a piece of art like a sculpture it's not going to stop the world I mean, nothing stops the world, but you know what I'm saying? It's not Mm going to get the attention that like a film would, you know, same with music and, and a painting or something, you know, movies, they, I don't, there's something about them that will just get everybody's eyes looking at you for, even if it's just a second, you know,
1: what's interesting too, is in the early history of Hollywood and, and films, like it was much more common to see international films, actually. Because mm. mm-hmm. there was no language barrier, it was all visual yeah. storytelling, and it was only after you know, talkies when we started doing sound sync that everything began to be more parsed and more um internalized and localized. Uh, because you know, in those early days, it was pretty common to see Japanese films and French films, and you know, then you go through this period where, well, I can't understand what people are saying, um, and you just start to segregate, you know, culturally are, are, are sharing, um, until recent times. And now it's being more and more common to watch a foreign film. Like most people in America have watched squid game. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and that's really, really cool. Um, I wish people would watch it with the subtitles, but, uh, I guess you can't win it all. That's the right. other fascinating. My, I swear my last comment, um, is R R there was no way to really watch this properly on netflix anyway and i couldn't find a good way to watch it properly at all uh without subscribing to a whole new service because it's uh the the native languages in uh, i'm going to butcher this but telugu um or yeah telugu um but something like that something along those lines and that was exclusively licensed through another uh, streamer that i don't have access to um and so netflix could only license dubs there was no way to watch this with your native language and read the subtitles the whole way through you had to watch it uh dubbed over at least right now maybe in the future they'll finally get those rights but for now you could only watch it the one way and that was dubbed and so i had that same experience as you did as like what which one should i be watching and there was no right one. Uh, it was just kind of, mm. you know, whatever felt right to you. And so, yeah, that's why. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, the same thing. And it's, it's been that
0: way for a couple of films actually mm. that, that we've watched that, uh, you know, I've tried to like switch the, because I can't watch it English dubbed. I, it just drives me nuts. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> bad, um, uh, that I I have to watch it in some other language to read because then i get distracted and whatever but it is that's not the only uh foreign film where the dubbing has not been right either Mm -hmm. and it drives me crazy so that's interesting i didn't know that
1: nice so uh what are you going to recommend this week so i i
0: don't have anything like super strong uh to recommend but something like a, a show that i that just came out uh, on apple tv that i'm starting to kind of get into and i'm like okay i don't know exactly where this is going is silo um i figured you you figured i would probably yeah. like talk about that just because i mean you know it's end of the world like apocalyptic kind of like feel and you or you think it might be and people live in a silo and they've lived there for a hundred plus years and and just trying to keep it's a story of every you know the government or whatever leaders trying to keep everybody there It's interesting and uh, it's an interesting world that they're trying to build. And so I'm, I'm kind of going down that rabbit hole of, of it. I've only gotten a couple episodes in, but it's, it's, it's interesting. So
1: yeah, I'm going to recommend silo on, on Apple TV. Nice. I'll co-sign that. Um, I'm going to recommend. So if you like heightened cinema, then I got the pick for you. (laughs) Um, Okay. First off, uh, I'll put in the show notes just in case you really like RRR and one another Indian film that you think speaks on this level uh, Bahua Bali. I'm butchering that 100%. Uh, but I'll link it in the show notes um, and I think you'll, you'll appreciate that. But I'm going different, you know, uh, uh, language here and I'm going to recommend this Spanish French film called The Last Circus. This is a doozy. It's wild, especially considering where it begins because uh, it starts very simply and it just kind of keeps escalating and escalating and escalating until you're like, wait, what are we doing now? Um, Like if you thought shoulder fighting was like the pinnacle of, okay, y'all have have jumped a shark. My God, the last circus has something for you. And the, the, the basic overview story is this takes place in like, the the mid 1930s and it's 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 a it's a revenge tale a feud between two clowns and oh my god yeah so I'll just let you go from there because it's yeah it's it's amazing it's one that you could yeah I don't even know man uh <laughs> go hit play and if you're not entertained um then are you not entertained <laughs> i don't know what to tell you um stay tuned next week we have a listener request we we had a um uh, a new review drop in um big shout out to i'm gonna butcher this but i think it's a a really funny one holy fear 84 (laughs) Who, who dropped us a review um appreciate you uh ma'am sir uh no idea uh but you know holy fear uh you give me holy fears and appreciate you dropping a review uh they said that they uh the the overview is greetings gents found your podcast because of your review of annihilation i found many of my own ideas being echoed in your review helpful to know i'm not crazy or at least not crazy alone um yeah and so they wanted to ask if we would do a review of the secret of Kells. And so this has been on my list for a while to cover. Um, and so this will be fun. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen secret of Kells*, I'm sure it's, it's gotta be streaming somewhere. Um, it's a, it's a Irish animation and one of the more beautiful animations that have come out ever. Um, and so a lot of reasons to to watch that film. It's cultural touch, uh, touchstone and in a similar way of rrr but in a completely different styling and so i'm i'm excited to see uh what we have to say about the secret of kells todd i am as well it's going to be fun it is if you're enjoying the show don't forget drop us a review like holy fear 84 is that the 84th holy fear <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of holy fear a lot there. of holy fear um, and leave us a note if there's something you would like us to to talk about kind of things you find interesting uh, feel free to do that and if you want to drop a note on this episode and give me a backhand of why I missed the true brilliance of this movie uh, you can do that at thepestlepodcast.com slash RRR
0: and our quote of the day is from Noam Chomsky, this is a really good one uh, and and the impetus for a lot of films that we really like. Yeah, it's true. There are very few people who are going to look into the mirror and say, that person I see is a savage monster. Instead, they make up some construction that justifies what they do. Of course, of course, you don't ever do something thinking I'm going to be the bad guy, or at least most of us, you know? Uh, yeah, and hence the impetus of uh, a, a villain and a quote unquote hero. And we always, I'd, who, you, who here identifies with Thanos? I mean, come on. And yet we've said multiple times on this, on this, uh, um, this podcast that like Thanos is a great example of a quote unquote villain of a, of a, of a great villain with, with a goal and a purpose to sustain life throughout the universe. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, this is a a brilliant brilliant quote. I didn't know that Noam Chomsky said it so. Yeah.
1: It. It's so good. And obviously, you know, uh in the history of colonialism, no one ever thought that, oh, we're we're doing evil on other people. I don't know what they're other than like some kind of racism, you know, worldview. I don't know what other things. I'm sure they thought they were bringing culture to these countries and, you know, we're we're elevating them from savages or, you know, some wild, you know, Misunderstanding of the world, um, you know, just this ethnocentric view of other cultures um, yeah. is so destructive. And, um, yeah, I appreciate this film because, yeah, it's, they're, they're hilariously evil, but it's not exactly not rooted in something. <laughs> like, it's coming from a real right. place. Uh, and that is easy to respect. And so I appreciated that they were able to tell this kind of story with entertainment while touching on very real you know uh issues like that's a really interesting touch and uh one that i have a lot of uh, respect for for sure
0: yeah yeah that, that, that's a great that so i mentioned you know like tv stuff but like in put it in the context of real world you know like that i i think also it's important to to note that that and obviously this goes without saying it doesn't justify the monstrous right. acts right mm-hmm. like this is this might be true statement But it doesn't justify you know being a a racist murderer you know uh that's still bad no matter what you think right um how you justify it and i think we know that more today than back in the 20s or you know 100 years ago or uh, well i guess that is 100 years ago oh my Mm -hmm. gosh (laughs) you know what i mean
1: but it's interesting, you know, because at the end of the day, like stories are, are probably playing a good role in helping people understand the world around them. Yes. I don't think it's a, a small coincidence with the proliferation of media that we're seeing a rise in um, cultural appreciation and uh, just a, a softer touch in how we handle people that don't look and think like us. Like that's, yeah. that's like, I think it goes hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I had a great time talking about RRR Same. Uh, and I, I I love having, you know, like this dichotomy kind of opinion and back and forth. Ditto.
1: I really loved hearing why you love this, why you engaged with it. And I think it probably speaks to a lot of why this is a big popular cultural phenomenon
0: yeah touche touche if you like this please like and subscribe review us wherever you you get your podcast it all helps it really does if you're watching this on youtube please leave a comment all that good stuff uh and if there's a film that you'd like to see us review please let us know obviously you know we might do it uh right secret of kells we're doing next week so please please join us uh for that review next week uh until next time i'm todd i'm wes go watch the movies Thank you.